Good to be back with you. I'll get this back on here and ready to go. And uh, thank you for coming back tonight for more service. I heard that some are just going to wait until the refreshments and show up then, but I'm glad you came for the regular service as well. I want to say thank you to your pastor and to Mrs. Brown as uh, such wonderful hosts they've been since I've been here just the last few hours. And then certainly for uh, your graciousness and kindness uh, uh, this morning and again tonight. And even in the hotel room, I told your preacher, you don't even need to take me out to eat. There's enough I could just camp in there for about a week and uh, probably survive just fine. And so I've been enjoying that. And uh, thank you for the privilege, truly, on our part to be able to come and be a part of this very special occasion for you all. And so thank you very much for your kindness. If you have your Bible, I want you to take it tonight and go to the book of Luke. I've been in the ministry for over 30 years. I know I don't look that old. Brother Brown said we were in college about the same time, and that's true. The difference is I went to college at 12, and uh, so I'm much, much younger than he is. But uh, in the years of ministry, I have done much in different aspects of ministry, but one of the things that has been consistent all throughout, no matter what position I held or what church I was in, and that was I did a lot of counseling through the week. You have to understand that being a preacher is not the same as being a pastor. Being a preacher is standing behind a pulpit, and certainly we need good preaching. However, being a pastor is caring for the needs of the people. It's shepherding the people. And that doesn't happen on a clock. That doesn't happen from 9 to 5 or only certain days of the week. That's 24-7. And folks need help at different occasions in their life. And uh, women, please help us. Quit having babies at 2 in the morning. Schedule that for like 9.30 or sometime after our nine rounds of golf or something like that. We would appreciate it if you'd be a little more convenient. And uh, if you're going to die, please do it on a Monday or a Tuesday uh, when we've got plenty of time to prepare and it doesn't mess with our weekends. Uh, if you're going to have a spat, don't do it at 2 in the morning. Uh, wait till uh, business hours and then we'll deal with business then. The truth is it's just that's what God's called us to do to minister to people. And as I've sat in my office uh, and in people's homes and in the hospital and tried to help people, as I've kind of over the years seen a pattern of things that take place in people's lives, I remember specifically after I'd had two or three counseling sessions in a row one day and they left my office, I sat down and I started taking notes on what I said. It was that good. And uh, no, I just, I was writing down some things as I thought back over it. And I started to see these patterns that took place. No names change and circumstances, individual details change. I saw the same thing oftentimes happening in people's lives. And really, that's where this message came from. And so you'll have to forgive me tonight. This is really kind of a counseling message, as it were. Uh, this is a message that is years of experience and years of sitting with different people that I saw things in their life and looked at biblical principles that applied to it. And I really believe, and, and Brother Brown didn't ask me to preach this message, but I really believe if we would follow the message, he could probably take three days off. And uh, the counseling load would diminish a lot if we just look at these principles tonight. And so I hope that it will be practical and helpful, something you can put in your pocket, take home with you, and use uh, throughout your life as we all, as we mentioned this morning, we'll go through difficulties and hardships and even conflict, and these are things that will help you in those kind of times. 
If you're in Luke chapter 9, would you stand to your feet, please? I'm just going to read just a couple verses here real quickly as a launching point. And then I'll just kind of teach through these points, and, uh, and we'll move on with the service. I know we've got important things yet to handle tonight, but I believe this could be of a benefit to you. And uh, though I'm excited about what's going to take place at the end of the service, and by that I'm not just talking about the refreshments, so I'm excited about that too. Uh, I, I always feel that the preaching of God's Word and the application of God's Word is the most important part of your life. And so I certainly hope that we're not going to waste our time tonight. This isn't all just preliminaries to what's to come. I believe this is going to be something that will be helpful for you. In Luke in chapter 9, look at me at verse number 23, the Bible says, And he said to them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. That was a very interesting phrase, take up his cross daily and follow me. Now, this is Jesus speaking to the group and specifically to the disciples. And here he says, now it's your job to take up your cross daily and follow me. Now, there's only one person that could have the cross, and that was Jesus Christ. There's only one person that was qualified to go to the cross to pay for the sins of you and the sins of me and the sins of the whole world. And that was the one who had no sins of his own to pay for. And yet here he says, you and I are going to have to take up our cross. It's not the same cross of Christ, thank the Lord. But there is a cross that I'm supposed to bear and a cross that you're supposed to bear. And very interestingly here in the verse he said, you're supposed to carry that cross how often? Daily. That means that I have and you have a daily cross, not a one-time cross, not a once-in-a-blue-moon cross, not a only-when-your-mother-in-law comes cross. It's a daily cross that you're supposed to bear. And then flip over to chapter 14 of Luke and look at me at verse number 27. Luke chapter 14 and verse 27. And Jesus speaks again and he says this now, Whosoever doth not bear his, what? talk to me, does not bear his what? Cross and come after me. Cannot be my what? Disciple. Now this disciple isn't talking about the apostles. A disciple is a follower of Christ, yea, a disciplined one. That's where we get the word disciple, a disciplined one. So Jesus is saying that as a Christian, a born again believer, you cannot be his disciplined one, his follower, if you do not willingly take up your cross daily and follow him. And I want to springboard off of those thoughts together tonight and uh, hopefully give us some helpful thought. Heavenly Father, help us now. Teach us from your word. Cause us to listen intently, not to a preacher, but to a Holy Spirit who knows each one of us and wants to help us more than I want these folks to be helped tonight. And God, that you will bring these things back to our remembrance in days to come, that we can be the disciplined ones, the disciples we ought to be by taking up our cross daily and following you. Make it so, I pray in Jesus' name and amen. You may be seated. So in Luke chapter 9 and verse 23, he said, I want you to take up your cross daily and follow me. So if you're keeping notes at home, this is the first thing to write down. You have a cross to carry today. Isn't that true? Is today part of daily? Well, sure it is. So you have a cross to carry today. Is tomorrow part of daily, yes or no? 
Sure it is. And so you've got a cross to carry tomorrow. Is Tuesday, now I know Monday is definitely a cross-bearing day. Nobody likes Mondays. But Tuesday, is that a day that you're supposed to bear a cross? Yeah, and Wednesday, and Thursday, and Friday, and Saturday, and every day that you live on this earth as a born-again believer of God, God said, now, you're saved whether you carry your cross or not. You're going to heaven whether you carry your cross or not. If you've trusted Christ as your Savior, nothing changes your salvation in your eternal stake with the Lord. However, he said, if you want to be a disciple, if you want to be a disciplined one in the Christian life, you have to be willing to carry your cross today. And here we said, first of all, you have a cross to carry today because he said, take up your cross daily and follow me. Now, I will say that this first category of people with whom I've counseled over many years are folks that are struggling in life because they're unwilling to carry their cross. The truth of the matter is they're hoping somebody else will carry their cross. The truth of the matter is they're hoping somebody else will do their work and somebody else will pay their bills and somebody else will fight their battles and somebody else will uh, get them up in the morning and somebody else will take care of their kids. They want somebody else to carry it and they're not willing to be disciplined enough to carry their own cross on a daily basis. And there's many things that make up the daily cross. When we hear the word cross, we certainly think of the cross, Jesus' cross, but the daily cross, the daily burden, uh, daily trouble is part of your cross. Uh, your car and your house and your health and your kids and your finances, all of those are part of your daily cross. Daily offenses are part of your daily cross. Daily labor is part of your daily cross. Daily sorrow and daily sweat and daily enemies and daily affliction and daily uh, pressures and daily weariness and daily bills and daily spiritual warfare. And the list could go on and on. There's many things that wrap up this thing called daily cross. I'm going to put them all in one word, life. The truth of the matter is, God said, hey, uh, man is born unto what? trouble as the sparks fly upward. I know you thought when you got saved, everything would be peaches and cream and smooth sailing from here on. You'd never have another worry and you'd never have a trouble. But Jesus said, if you're going to be a disciple of mine, you've got to be willing to carry your daily cross. Every day until heaven, there's a cross waiting for you to bear. Some days the cross is heavier than others, but you have a daily cross. Now, in this passage, the Lord says, if you want to be a disciplined one, a disciple of mine, you've got to be willing to take on the personal responsibility of carrying today's cross today. We're not to run from our burdens. We're not to ignore our burdens. We're not to deny our burdens. We're not to medicate away our burdens. We're not to excuse our burdens. We're not to procrastinate about our burdens. We're not to make others carry our burdens in our place. Carrying our daily cross makes us stronger. Carrying our daily cross makes us more mature. Carrying our daily cross makes us like Christ because it wasn't just that cross the Lord had to bear. Every day he bore a cross. Every day he was hated and despised. Every day the Pharisees and the Sadducees were seeking to trap him in his words and have him destroyed. He had no place to lay his head. He, was, he, he had no home, no place that he could call his own. And uh, he, he lived not in luxury, but he had the burdens of life like you and I have burdens of life. And he said, now if you want to be like me, if you want to be a disciple, a follower, a disciplined one, you also have to be willing to carry your daily cross. 
There were some that considered following him, and he said, the Son of Man hath not lay, where to lay his head. And they turned around and walked away. They said, no, no, I don't want a part of it if it means hardship. You know what the problem was? They weren't willing to carry their daily cross. Can I say, don't expect others to pay your bills. You do it. I'm just waiting for the next government plan. Government is not doing a good job with anything. Don't expect them to do a good job with your bills. Uh, Don't expect others to fight your battles. You do it. Don't expect others to do your work. You do it. Don't expect others to feed you spiritually. You do it. Don't expect others to meet your needs. You do it. You see, our society is suffering from people not willing to be disciplined enough to take on the responsibility to care for their own. If we did away with every government program that was out there just facilitating people that were not unable to carry a cross, but unwilling to carry the cross, my, what the economy would be doing today. And my, how much better and how much lower taxes would be. But we've got a society filled with people unwilling to carry their cross. The sad truth of it is, it slipped into the church house and even some Christians are not willing to carry their cross. Christianity is not the same as socialism. Christianity is opposite from socialism. God's word says it's good for a man to bear the yoke in his youth. God's word says it's good for you to provide for your own or you're worse than an infidel. God's word says that you should labor with your hands. God's word said if you don't work, you shouldn't eat. You see, God is saying you better take on personal responsibility. It is your job to take care of you and the hardships that life brings and be willing to carry your cross. Boy, if we had disciplined ones, if we had the church loaded with people that were always willing to bear their own burden, I think we'd be in pretty good shape. Secondly, go to Philippians chapter 3. Now, fortunately, not everyone that's in the church house tonight might fit into category one. We all need to be willing to carry our own cross. That, that's, that's exemplary across the board. However, that's not everyone's issue tonight, everyone's problem tonight. I believe that you're a people that are mature people and you're hardworking people. And I tell our college students, if you just show up at work and you show up on time and you're not drunk, you'll probably be the best worker there. It's a pretty low bar these days to excel in today's society. But you've got to be willing to do your part. However, there's a second category here, and I see in Philippians chapter 3 and 13. This is a familiar passage, and certainly this principle could be applied to several different aspects of life. But in context of our message tonight, let's look at it this way. When he says in verse 13, Paul speaking, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are where? Talk to me. Forgetting those things which are? behind and reaching forth unto the things which are before I press toward the mark of the prize, the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. So number two, if you're writing it down, listen to it. He says, now don't forget, or you're supposed to forget those things that are behind. Number two, you are not to carry yesterday's cross today. Let's go back in our minds here. We said in that first opening text, I'm supposed to take up and bear my cross how often? daily. That means there's a daily cross for me to bear. That means tomorrow there's a cross waiting for me and I can't drag yesterday's cross into tomorrow or I won't have the strength to carry tomorrow's cross on that day. And there's a whole host of people, yea, children of God, that are struggling in life in a way they wouldn't have to struggle, not because there's no struggle in life. There is. 
Not because there's no hardship in life, there is. Not because there's no burden in life, there is. But they're trying to carry yesterday's cross and today's cross today. And God didn't design it that way. He said, no, once yesterday's done, I hate to tell you, but you can't do anything to change it. There's no rewind. There's no reset. There's no do-overs. There's no go back and try again. Hey, once yesterday is gone, you can't change yesterday. So don't carry yesterday's cross into today. There are some reasons why you shouldn't do that. Because yesterday's cross carried today grows heavier. You see, it's just not I'm bringing yesterday's cross in today, plus I got today's cross. But yesterday's cross actually grows in weight when you move it to the next day. Let me give you some examples. Yesterday's purchases carried today is called debt. If yesterday I would have just made a purchase and I would have dealt with it yesterday, I would have paid for it yesterday, I wouldn't have the weight of debt on me today. Yesterday's offenses carried into today become unforgiveness. Now you're going to be offended. The Bible says, in this world, you better bank on it. You are going to have the opportunity to be offended. But you're supposed to deal with it yesterday. You're supposed to make sure you don't carry that into tomorrow. Because if you do so, it becomes unforgiveness in your heart. Agree with thine adversary quickly, while thou art in the way with him. And be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down on your wrath. Deal with it yesterday and drop it. Forget those things that are behind. Anger carried into today, or yesterday's anger carried into today becomes bitterness. Uh, Yesterday's sin carried into today becomes guilt. Yesterday's sorrow carried into today becomes depression. Now see, all of these things that we just talked about, they're going to come into your life. But I am supposed to deal with that cross on that day. I'm supposed to bear my cross for the day. But I'm not supposed to carry yesterday's cross in today or it grows heavier. Now I'm telling you, this takes discipline. Because every one of us are tempted, if we're not careful, to drag along the things from our past into today. And the problem when we deal with folks and we counsel folks is usually not what they're bearing today, but it's years worth sometimes, months worth definitely, weeks worth of things they're trying to still carry today. And they're so burdened down, they come to our office, oh, Brother Brown, I don't think I can make it, I'm struggling. And you know what? It's not because they couldn't carry today's cross, it's because they're trying to carry yesterday's cross and today's cross at the same time time. People have nervous breakdowns because they're trying to carry years worth of debt, years worth of unforgiveness, years worth of bitterness, years worth of guilt. And God says, no, that's not what you're supposed to do. Don't carry yesterday's cross today. There are people still today carrying the weight of something done to them years ago as a child. And I've sat with them in my office, and they've been at the breaking point because of an abusive parent, or an injustice, or an abandonment. And my dear friend, I weep with them, and I'm sorry that that took place in their life. But you have got to deal with that, and give forgiveness for that, and move on into today's cross. Because there's a cross waiting for you today, too. 
And you are not going to effectively carry today's cross if you're so consumed with yesterday's crosses. Marriages on the edge of divorce. Not over what happened today, but over what's happened over the last few years. And they didn't cut it off and deal with it. When the day was done, like God told them to do, they carried it into today. I had a couple come to my office years ago when I was pastoring in Memphis, Tennessee. They said, that's it, Brother Bobman, we're getting a divorce. And I said, whoa, 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 slow down. Let's talk about it. Sit down. What's going on? We're, we're just, we can't get past it. I've already called a lawyer. I said, well, tell me what's going on. She wants to paint the hallway this color. And I want to paint the hallway this color. And I said, we're going to get a divorce over paint on a wall? Let's just come to that. I said, I don't think it's come to that. I think that's a small enough disagreement. First of all, there's a solution to. I will come personally and install a chair rail on your hallway. And you paint your color down there. And you paint your color up there. We'll all be happy. (laughs) And so I didn't think about that. I said, you know what? You didn't come in my office today because of paint color. You came into my office today because I'm going to just guess. They've been married about 15 years. I'm just going to guess you've got about 15 years worth of angst with each other you've never solved. You just pack it on your back and carry it in tomorrow. And you pack it on your back and carry it in tomorrow. And you pack it on to the back and carry it tomorrow. And today you've come to me with paint color. And paint is the straw that broke the... Any camel can handle a piece of straw. But you load enough on the camel, and the camel will crumble. You see what God is saying? you got to be disciplined enough not to carry yesterday's crosses today. Because there's a cross to carry today. Friendships that are still lying in ruins over hurt experienced years ago. It's not what happened today in their friendship, but a lack of forgiveness over something that was part of their past. People that I come across who refuse to go to church. Not just our church, any church. Nope. They'll slam the door. I'm done with church. Well, what's the problem? 20 years ago, I was there and somebody spoke bad about me. Somebody didn't shake my hand. Somebody took my parking space. Somebody sat in my seat. That's a small enough thing anybody should be able to carry that. But when you carry it from day to day to day, it grows until now you say, I can't do it anymore. I've counseled with people who've lived a completely defeated life. They feel worthless and hopeless and useless. They're depressed and in despair. Because at some point in, they, in their life, they sinned a great sin. Truly, they did. But even though they asked God to forgive them, all the way back there when they did that sin, they never accepted that forgiveness. And now the guilt of that sin has them so burdened down from day to day that they can't make it through the Christian life. They're not disciplined enough to not carry yesterday's cross today. Pay for your purchases today, and they won't weigh dead on you tomorrow. Lay down your offenses today, 
and they won't become tomorrow's unforgiveness. Today's anger will become tomorrow's wrath if you don't deal with it before the sun goes down. Confess your sin today and realize when God's forgiven you, your sins are gone, gone, gone. Yes, your sins are gone. And God doesn't intend for you to carry guilt into tomorrow. You cannot carry yesterday's cross today. You must lay it down at the end of each day because there's another cross waiting for you for today. I said, first, you have a cross to carry today. I said, secondly, you're not supposed to carry yesterday's cross today. Thirdly, go with me, if you would, to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. I find a third category of people that come and are struggling in some areas in their life, and I see that this often is a problem for some. Matthew chapter 6, and look with me at verse number 31. Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? Now, I'm not trying to turn it into a school class, but I'm going to give you a little English lesson. Shall be, shall be, shall be. That's all future tense. Would we all agree with that? He doesn't say, don't think about what you did eat or what you did drink or what you did wear or what you are eating or you are drinking or you are wearing. He said, don't take thought for what you shall eat or what you shall drink or what you shall put on. Future tense. If you don't believe me, go down to verse 34. Therefore, take no thought for the what? Morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself, sufficient unto the what? The day is the evil of. Number three, I'm not supposed to carry tomorrow's cross today. And yet, my goodness, I've dealt with so many people over 30 plus years of ministry, and they're struggling not because what they got to handle today, they're worried about what they might have to handle tomorrow. They're burdened down. Uh, their, their mind is constricted and they're, they're struggling in their heart. And when I talk to them, I say, hey, what's going on? Let's talk. Well, I'm concerned about what may happen tomorrow and what may come down the road and what might happen years from now and what might happen three months from now. And they're all consumed, not about today. They're trying to carry tomorrow's cross today. And God said, hey, don't give thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself sufficient Unto the day is the evil thereof. And how many Christians are not disciplined to quit reaching into tomorrow and trying to pack on their back the worries of tomorrow today? And you can't change tomorrow today. I don't care how long you worry about it. I don't care how long you think about it. I don't care how many times you wring your hands and how long you pace on the floor and how many ulcers you get. None of that is changing tomorrow. There's only one person that's in charge of tomorrow, and that's the person that's already in tomorrow, and that's God. And he says, don't take thought for the things of tomorrow. Why? You have enough to handle today. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Just like we're not supposed to carry yesterday's cross today, we are not supposed to carry tomorrow's cross today. Because if I do, I will rob from the strength God's given me to carry today's cross today because I'm also trying to carry tomorrow's cross at the same time. This is where anxiety comes from. This is where apprehension comes from. This is where concern comes from and what ifs come from and worry comes from. 
I just had last week a, a, a lady call me on the phone and she says, I'm just, I can't stop it. I'm just consumed with what if my husband dies? What if uh, uh, we lose our house? What if the job uh, falls through? Uh, what if these problems that I'm, I'm thinking about and I'm dwelling on come to me? I said, I know this. You're not going to change tomorrow by thinking about it and worrying about it. Be careful, full of care for nothing. But in everything with prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God that passeth all understanding shall keep your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. Turn over tomorrow to God. You can't fix tomorrow today anyway. And if you're trying to fix tomorrow today, you're not putting sufficient time and effort and thought into the cross you're supposed to carry today. And you're going to miss something along the way. The majority of what people worry about never happens. That's called wasted worry. But what does happen cannot be fixed and cannot be avoided by worrying about it today. I'm not saying don't plan. I'm not saying don't prepare. What he's saying is don't give thought, don't worry about the things that are coming tomorrow because you're supposed to concentrate on your cross today. Those kind of people have no peace. Those kind of people can't sleep at night. Those kind of people have ulcers and have to uh, take medication because they're trying to carry tomorrow's cross today. Can I say that the amount of your worry is equal to the amount of your lack of trust that God can handle it? You see, when you really believe God's got it all taken care of, you won't spend any time worrying about it. Uh, there's things the government should be taking care of, and they're not. That concerns me. But if the government was truly dependable, then we wouldn't have to worry about it. But God is always dependable. God has never failed. God is always right on time. God always prepares and, and takes care of his own. Hey, you don't have to worry about the things of tomorrow because God will help you in casting all your care upon him. He careth for you. What's going to happen to the stock market? I'll tell you. I've got an inside line on it. Are you ready? You might want to take notes. In the next six months, I guarantee it, it's going to go up and it's going to go down. And it's going to go up again. At some point, it's going to go down. And it's going to keep going in that pattern until it completely crashes or until Jesus comes. And however much worry you want to put into it will not change what the stock market does in the next six days. Oh, but Brother Bachman, uh, I'm just, I'm concerned. Who am I going to marry? Well, I tell our college boys, by the looks of them, probably nobody. <laughs> Why worry about it? Until we start a blind ministry, they don't have a hope. But you worrying about it, it's not going to change it. Oh, Brother Bachman, uh, what if I lose my job? Go get another one. Everywhere I go, I see signs now hiring. So why worry about it? Oh, Brother Bachman, what if I get cancer? You'll either get healed. Or you'll go to heaven. Those are two options. Why worry about it? Well, Brother Bachman, what if my son gets in a car accident? Your insurance will go up. 
But you worrying about what if ain't going to change anything. Well, Brother Botman, who's going to be elected president in 2024? I know this, the guy that's president now doesn't even know he's president. So why worry about what's going to happen a year from now? Isn't it God that setteth up one and taketh down another? Isn't God, do you how many believe God's still in control? Well, sure. And it's easy in a church house to say God's still in control and amen and raise our hand. But then we go home and we worry all night because we really don't believe God's in control. We just like to doctrinally and theologically say he's in control. But then we somehow think he needs our help and that worrying all night's going to fix it. Don't carry tomorrow's cross today. That's not how God designed for it to go. The majority of mental problems and nervous breakdowns and depression and antidepressant drugs prescribed are either over yesterday's guilt or tomorrow's worry. I believe God will give you only what you can handle today so you probably can handle whatever your cross is today if you'll be disciplined enough to carry it. But where we get ourselves into trouble is by trying to carry yesterday's cross today or carrying tomorrow's cross today. And then I got some of those overachievers, those double dippers. They're reaching both into yesterday and tomorrow and trying to carry all that at the same time. And that's why they're struggling because they're not following the biblical principle of being a disciplined one. Now it's true, it takes discipline to carry today's cross today. There's no easy button. There's no pushing it off on somebody else. You just got to be disciplined enough to say, hey, this is what life has dealt me. I'm just going to carry it. It takes discipline not to keep reaching back into yesterday and trying to drag that along into today and just stopping it at the end of that day when you lay your head on your pillow and say, I can't do anything about changing what's happened today anyway, so why carry it into tomorrow? It takes discipline not to reach into tomorrow and be concerned and worried and upset and have apprehension and anxiety about what if and what if and what if. Hey, that will happen when you get there. Just worry about today. Just concentrate on today. Just carry your cross today. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 10. I see a fourth principle in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Verse number 13 You know this verse. There hath no temptation. That temptation there means trial. There hath no temptation or trial taken you, but such as is common to man. You're not the only one. No matter what you are listening to the devil, whisper in your ear, nobody understands and nobody cares and nobody's ever gone through this before. No, a whole bunch of folks have. There's nothing that's not common to man. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted or tested or tried above that ye are able. Does your Bible say that? But will with the temptation, not in place of the temptation. It's not a free get out of jail card. He said with the temptation, still going to go through it. But will with the temptation make a way to escape that ye may be able to what? Avoid it? No. Bear it. So number four, write this down. You can Capital C, capital A, capital N. You can carry today's cross today. And can I tell you, Brother Brown, there's sometimes when they come to our office, all they need is a cheerleader. 
We're really not fixing anything. We're just reminding them of the biblical principle. You can do this. You can make it. I know you're discouraged, and I know you feel like you can't go any further, but the truth of the matter is God promised in his word, he will not give you more than you are able to bear. So I know this, you'll make it. We like to gripe to God. We like to complain to God. We like to whine to God that we can't carry our cross. That's a lie. You can. And by the way, that's nothing new. That's been going on since the very beginning of time. Cain told God the punishment was greater than he could bear. You know what? A chapter later, Cain's still around. Uh, Lot, well, fleeing Sodom, told God it's too hard to get to the mountains. You know where he was one chapter later? In the mountain. The children of Israel often said, oh, we can't make it. But they did. Elijah sat under a juniper tree and said, oh, God, I wish I hadn't been born. I can't go another day. But he went another day. Job cried out in the midst of his trial and wished he'd never been born. David, often in the Psalms, was ready to give up and throw in the towel. Peter felt there was no coming back after denying the Lord. And uh, Christians all through the ages have felt like they couldn't go another mile and couldn't take another step. But the truth of the matter is, when you look at it, they did. You know why? Because God promised, I will not give you more than you can bear. All you got to do is lift up your foot, move forward one more step, because I'll help you to go as far as I need you to go you can carry your cross. Today's cross may be heavy, but I can bear it. And today's cross may be difficult, but I can bear it. And today's cross may be hard, but I can bear it. And today's cross may be painful, but I can bear it. And today's cross may be filled with tears, but I can bear it. And today's cross may be all I can bear, but I can bear it because God said, I will not give you more than you are able to bear. And when you feel like, but God, it feels like it's more than I can bear. Maybe your problem is not today's cross, but you're trying to carry yesterday's cross and you're trying to carry tomorrow's cross today. And God said, the cross that I gave you for today, I will give you grace that is sufficient to carry that cross. I know it's true because God promised it's true. I know it's true because God's been faithful on other days that were hard, and I'm still here. I know it's true because God has not left me to bear it alone, and his strength is made perfect in my weakness. Faithful is he that calleth you, who also will do it. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Hey, dear friend, sometimes you just need a pastor to pull you in and say, you can do it, Christian, go. 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 Go, Christian kick in the backside and you go out the door and feel, man, I think I can do it. Sometimes that's all my counseling sessions were. I was just a cheerleader. I was just reminding them that even though you're in the fourth quarter and even though you're tired and even though your back's against the wall and the pressure's on, you can do this. Because God said you could. And God will provide the grace and God will provide the strength for you to carry today's cross today. But listen, he does not provide the strength for you to carry yesterday's cross today. That's on you. He does not provide the strength to carry tomorrow's cross today. Because he said, don't give thought for that. That's, that's for that leader down the road. Just sufficient unto the day. Well, Brother Bob and I can't do it. You're right. You can't. But God can. So just be disciplined enough 
to believe what God said and realize I can carry today's cross today. It might not be easy, but I can bear it. And it might be filled with sorrow, but I can bear it. And it might include some suffering, but I can bear it. And it might include labor, but I can bear it. And it might include hardship, but I can bear it. And it might include tears, but I can bear it. And it might say that uh, he's not going to take away my temptation, but rather he'll give me the grace to escape, to get out through it and to bear it and to come out of victory on the other side. Hey, I can't find victory without trial. I'm supposed to carry today's cross today. If you have a cross to carry today, carry it. Takes discipline, but decide to do it. I'm not supposed to carry yesterday's cross today. I'm not supposed to carry tomorrow's cross today. I'm supposed to believe the word of God that I can carry today's cross today. Can you imagine if you went to the pastor and said, Oh, Brother Brown. I'm struggling. I just feel like I'm going to quit and throw in the towel. And Brother Brown said, me too. (laughs) It's tough. Let's just quit together. You'd think, what kind of pastor is that? But we're all called to be disciplined ones. Not just the pastor. Every one of us is supposed to be willing to carry our cross. And bear our burden. Look at Galatians chapter 6. Last of all tonight. Let's review. Key learnings. Repetition. You have a cross to carry when? Talk to me. Everybody. You have a cross to carry when? Today. I'm not supposed to carry what? Yesterday's cross today. And I'm not supposed to carry what? Tomorrow's cross today. And I'm supposed to believe I can carry today's cross today. Let me bring it full circle. Why does God go through all of that? Well, he wants you to be a disciplined one. But I want you to look at Galatians chapter 6 and verse number 2 in light of our message tonight. Where God says now these words. Bear ye one another's what? Burden. And so fulfill the law of Christ. You see, I'm not going to be able to help carry somebody else carry their cross. If I'm struggling beneath my own crosses. And that takes discipline. See, God just didn't leave you here for you. He left you here for others. And he expects you just like he expects the pastor. And just like he expects me. And just like he expects other men of God, he expects you to be a disciplined one, a disciple enough to realize, now wait a minute, God, I need to only carry today's cross today, not only for my sake, so that I'll also have the strength to go find somebody else that's burdened, and somebody else that's struggling, and somebody else that's down, somebody else that is not a disciplined one enough, that I can come along beside them and say, my brother, let me help you bear your burden. Let me pray with you. Let me encourage you. Let me strengthen you. Hey, that's what God has in mind for you. And that's what God has in mind for me. He wants you and he wants me to be disciplined enough to help bear one another's burdens. Well, they should just carry their own cross. That's what you said, first of all, but not everybody's a disciple. Not everybody's strong in the faith. Not everybody's learned in this principle. 
And God knows you're going to be surrounded by people at your workplace and in your neighborhood, yea, in your own family, yea, even in the church house, of folks that are struggling in the carrying of their cross. And they need a disciple. They need a disciplined one. They need a brother. They need a sister who will come along beside them and say, hey, I am here to help you today. Now that takes discipline. Because the truth of the matter is we're usually all about us. And we're focused on our problems and on our needs. And we're not disciplined enough to get our eyes on those around us and say, now who can I help today to bear their cross? Can you imagine if every church was filled with disciples, so much so that they spent their entire week encouraging the brethren, edifying the brethren, strengthening the brethren, helping the brethren. You cannot help others, be a blessing to others, minister to others, or fulfill the law of Christ until you learn to carry somebody else's cross today because you're only carrying your own daily cross today. You see, somebody needs your help today. And somebody needs your smile today. And somebody needs your encouragement today. And somebody needs your handshake today. And somebody needs your prayers today. And somebody needs your love today. And somebody needs a little gift from you today. Somebody needs some of your time today or your pat on the back today or a short text sent their way or a phone call or a card in the mail or some homemade cookies or some compassion or a hug or a friendship or a shoulder to cry on or a laugh or an act of kindness. Somebody is looking for a real Christian who's disciplined enough to get out of their own world so much that they're saying, I want to help my brother today. You see, it'd be really hard to love your neighbor as yourself. That is what the law of Christ is all about. If you can't even pick yourself up to move your own burden another inch. You're laden down with today's cross and yesterday's cross and tomorrow's cross and the belief you can't do it. What good are you going to be to anybody around you? The truth is none. You will not be the person you want to be until you carry only today's cross today. And you will never be the Christian you need to be until you lay down your other crosses enough and get your eyes off of yourself sufficiently to look to help bear one another's burdens. My wife, years ago, had a very extensive surgery. The surgery went several more hours than they anticipated. The doctor came out and he talked to me in the waiting room. He says, well, it's a lot more than we thought and I had to do a lot more cutting than I anticipated and I think she's going to be okay though. She'll be in recovery for a few hours and then she'll move up to the room. You can go up to the room and wait for her there. And I did. And after a while they brought her up and she was just kind of coming out of the anesthesia a little bit and she'd lay there for maybe, I don't know, a half hour, 45 minutes. She took me by the hand and she said, oh, Jack, I don't feel so good. I said, well, you're not going to feel so good 
you just came out of surgery. It was a long surgery. It was a hard surgery. God brought you through, but it's going to be a while before you feel good. You're going to be in the hospital a few days, the doctor said. It's going to take a while to recover, but we'll get through it. I pat her on the hand, and about five or ten minutes went by, and she says, Oh, honey, I, I don't feel good. I said, Honey, I know. You're not going to feel good. You just hang in there. It, you'll get better over the next few days, and we'll get you home, and you just lay low for a couple weeks, and, and you'll get there. About another 10 minutes went by, and she says, Honey, I, I really, I don't feel good. And so I went over, and about that time, her blood pressure cuff went off. It was set to check it, and it went off, and I looked at the number, and her top number was in the 50s, and her bottom number was in the 30s. I said, Well, that can't be right. So I finagled the cuff on her arm a little bit better, and I got it lined up where it should be, and I pushed the manual button, and it did its little deal, and it gave about the same reading. I said, well, that doesn't sound right. And so I didn't want her to panic or anything, but I said, hey, I'm going to take a little walk, and I'll be right back. I was going to go find a nurse. But as I was going out the door, the nurses were coming in the door because those same numbers were showing up out there at the nurse's station. They realized something was wrong. And I just mouthed to them very quietly, check her blood pressure. Something's wrong. And they went over, and they pushed the button. And this time, her bottom number was in the 20s. And they said, well, that can't be right. And they moved her cuff, and they pushed the button, and it gave a number similar. And, well, this machine must not be working, they said. So they got a stethoscope in the old-fashioned way, stuck it on there with a watch, and pumped it up and let the air out. And her eyes got bigger and bigger and bigger. That nurse's eyes did. And she turned to me, and she said, sir, something's wrong with your wife. I'm going to go get the doctor. Well, the doctor that had done the surgery had already moved on to a different hospital and was already doing a surgery for somebody else. And they called and they said, she's crashing, you better get here fast. They inverted her bed and she kind of started to fade away. Her number just kept dropping lower and lower. And they said, sir, we don't have time for you to sign all the paperwork and all that. Just give us a verbal agreement. We've got to rush your wife into emergency surgery right now or we're going to lose her. I said, do whatever you have to do. That nurse pushed that button one more time. That blood cuff went off. And this time, nothing. And they rushed my wife out of that room. And as they did, Brother Brown, I remember going to my knees, not because I thought about praying, but just I couldn't stand up anymore. But when I hit that floor, I began to pour out my heart to God. And I said, God, I don't want to lose my wife. And God, I, I know she's more than I deserve, but I'm just asking you if there's any way God help them to bring her back around. And I stayed on that floor for 45 minutes. And I prayed, and my body trembled. And I felt like all the Strength had been drained out of me. And the nurse came in after 45 minutes and she said, they have her in surgery. There's two doctors working on her, but it doesn't look good. You need to go next door to where the ER or the, where the OR is and there's a waiting room there. The doctor is going to come out and talk to you. 
She walked out, and Brother Brown, I couldn't even stand up. I held onto that railing that all went all the way down that hallway. Like an old 80-year-old person, I just took one step at a time and gripped that railing. And I got to that elevator, and I pushed that button. And when the elevator did this to start going down, I just thought for sure I was going to faint, and I hung onto that railing side in that elevator. And maybe I'm not a good Christian. But for a moment, it sure seemed like this was more than I could bear. And for a moment, it sure seemed like this wasn't fair what God was doing. And for a moment, it seemed like, God, you promised now you would pre-way and you'd make sure you gave me the strength and you'd make sure that you gave me uh, exactly what I needed, the grace to get through this. And God, I don't feel that right now. God, I feel like I'm just going to die right here. God, please. As I stepped off that elevator to go across to the OR waiting room, as I lifted up my eyes, there in that waiting room were 30 of our church people on their knees praying for my wife. And I'll tell you, Brother Brown, Though my wife was still in surgery, the weight was lifted. Though it still didn't look good, strength was renewed. And all of a sudden, I realized all those years as a pastor that I had tried to help them in their time of need, God had blessed me with some disciples that were disciplined enough to lay down their dinner fork and rush to the hospital and pray for their preacher. They were disciplined enough to stop their busy schedule of whatever was going on that evening to come and help bear my burden like I had often bared theirs. They sure was glad that night that I just didn't have church members, just didn't have Christians. I had disciples. Because you see, the real reason why God says, just bear today's cross today, is he knows that at some point in your life, somebody's going to need you. And you need to have strong enough shoulders to have room enough to say, now let me help you bear your burden. Because today's one of your days that the cross sure seems like it's more than you can bear. But I'm here to bear it with you. What is the law of Christ? Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. And so fulfill the law of Christ. Yes, there'll be times you want others to help you bear your burden. But there'll also be times it's your turn to be disciplined enough to help them bear theirs. But that's hard to do when you refuse to carry your cross. That's hard to do when you try to drag yesterday's cross into today or tomorrow's cross into today or when you just don't believe you can do it. We're not just here for ourselves. We're here for our brethren. And boy, it would be a wonderful thing if this church was filled with disciples. Oh, it's not easy. 
It takes some discipline. Let's learn to just carry today's cross today. Heavenly Father, would you help us please? As we review these principles in our heart and store them away for the day that we'll need them, to decide maybe somebody needs to come to an altar tonight and say, God, I've not been disciplined enough just to carry my cross. I'm waiting for the easy button. I'm waiting for somebody else to do it for me. I'm waiting for it just to go away. But God, you told me I'm going to have to carry my cross daily. God, help me do that. And then for some, Lord, maybe they need to come lay down some crosses. A yesterday cross, a last year cross, a five years ago cross, when they were a child cross. God say, I'm going to ask for your help and your forgiveness, God. I'm going to leave the things that are behind, behind. I can't do anything about them anyway. So I'm free to carry my cross today. Somebody needs to lay down some tomorrow crosses. They're filled with worry and anxiety, constantly wondering about what if, what if. Oh, God, help us not to give thought for tomorrow, but just to carry today's cross. And for some, I hope that this was the cheerleading pep rally they needed to remind them you can because God promised you can. He'll not give you more than you can bear. And then God, would you help us to be willing to take that final step of being disciplined enough to even be concerned enough to help bear one another's burdens in their time of need. Make it so, I pray. Let's stand to our feet.